If you suffer with PCOS and want to know more about what you can do from a dietary and lifestyle perspective, you have to listen into this podcast. I have Brania here, who is a registered dietitian with a special interest in treating and managing people with PCOS, including the dietary tips that you need to know if you've got certain symptoms like hair growth, acne, or infertility caused by your PCOS. So you must listen in to the rest of the podcast. Rania, thank you so much for being here today at the podcast. I'd love for you to introduce yourself to everybody who's viewing this today. Well, thank you for having me. And so my name is Rania Salman. I'm a specialist PCOS dietitian, and I've essentially got a background in biomedical sciences, my degree, and then went on to study dietetics at postgraduate level. Ever since then, I've continued my professional development and having a specialist interest in PCOS, which is why I've chosen to specifically dedicate a lot of my time to working with women struggling with their symptoms and helping them improve their quality of life through diets and lifestyle changes. Great. I'm so excited to speak to you about PCOS dietitian and nutrition advice because this is an area that I think, even as a doctor myself, I don't feel like I know enough about what it is that people should, what, what it is that they should be eating, how they should be managing their symptoms through their diet. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about why it is that you became interested in this and how you developed your um, knowledge in this area. Sure, so even as a dietitian, when we start off as dietitians, we're general dietitians. We're really trained in the clinical aspect of it, where we see patients in hospital, and then we have our general clinics where anyone kind of comes to our clinic whether it's for diabetes advice or general healthy eating or heart health education and throughout my general clinics i started seeing more and more women that come to me struggling with pcos and as a generalist i'd even as a generalist dietitian i don't feel i had the specific skills and the knowledge to really help with their specific symptoms and that's where i started getting interested in it because the more i research the more i upskilled the better my advice was and i started to see really remarkable results just with diet and even as a dietitian i was surprised to see those results wow that's so exciting that's what i want to know i want yeah. to know what the secret is to yeah. having the right diet and the right nutrition in order to tackle some of the hormone imbalances but while i'm talking about hormone imbalances and pcos what does pcos mean to you so PCOS is a syndrome. It's not one specific symptom. Um, and there's actually a lot of myths that surround PCOS. So for example, you need to have several ailments in order to be diagnosed with PCOS. It's not just having cysts on your ovaries. You also, we use the Rotterdam criteria here. So you need two out of three. Um, so you need something like if you've got irregular periods, that's one criteria to be diagnosed. If you've got um, clinical signs of hyperandrogenism, so things like excess hair growth over your body or your face, or perhaps hair thinning, that's also another um, potential diagnosis criteria. And the third one is having several cysts on your ovaries, but you need two out of three. So a lot of women, if you've just got cysts on your ovaries, that won't mean that you've got the syndrome. Um, if you've just got irregular periods, but not the other two, again, you don't have the syndrome, you just have specific symptoms. And with diet, we can target those symptoms. So you can see amazing results with things like getting your period back or shortening the time in between getting periods, things like really making a difference with excess hair growth or acne 
or even improving the hair on your head as well. Amazing. So, I mean, a lot of people who suffer with PCOS are going to be really interested to know what are the key dietary changes that they can make or the dietary suggestions that you have in mind that might help them. So what I often see, so when I start working with my clients, when they come to me, I ask for everyone to fill out a food chart for me. And there are some common, let's say, mistakes that I see and improvements that can be made. And one of the key things is unbalanced meals. And I can't overstate the importance of that. So that's things like getting the macronutrients. And when I refer to macronutrients, I mean things like protein, carbohydrate and healthy fats and getting that right because each of those macronutrients play a role in improving symptoms so for example we've got our carbohydrates that include things like rice bread noodles what we want with those carbohydrates is we want them to be brown so essentially the whole grain versions i see a lot of people that just have white carbs have pasta for example as a meal which is you can have pasta but the problem is they're just having pasta with maybe a few peppers here and there and hardly any protein. So what you want there, you can have your pasta, make sure you go for the whole grain version, but also you wanna be adding protein there and also you wanna be adding veg because you wanna have loads of fiber and that can help essentially improve something called insulin resistance, which we believe from the studies, up to 90% of women with PCOS have insulin resistance and that leads to a lot of the symptoms. So I'd say that's one of the key things. The second thing I see with a lot of my clients is the over-reliance on supplements. And I think supplements have an important role to play. I use them in my clinic, I use them with my clients, but they are there to be used as the cherry on the cake. So if you don't have the foundation right, and the foundation comes from having the balanced meals, number one, the proportions, the protein, what I've just discussed, the whole grain carbs, and then you add the supplements at the end. What I find a lot of people is they're seeing on Instagram, they're going for Instagram, they're seeing marketing ads for this supplement and that supplement. They're buying it, they're trying it, and they come to me and say nothing's worked. They are using an untargeted approach with supplements and it's not gonna work. It's a waste of money, it's not gonna work, and a lot of clients will end up feeling like they've tried everything and nothing's worked when really what they're doing is just trying things randomly. So you need a targeted supplement approach. And I'd say the last thing is regular meals. So a lot of people will skip meals in an attempt to lose weight, for example, or because they've heard that intermittent fasting is great. And just a little tip of intermittent fasting, a lot of studies where there have been beneficial results for intermittent fasting have actually been done on men as opposed to women. So for women and for our hormones, intermittent fasting is actually not so great. For our hormones, number one, and also generally for weight loss, it can work, but it's not working because something magical is going on. It's working because you're in a calorie deficit. So I'd say those are the three regular meals, balanced meals and targeted supplements are the three key areas to start working on. Thank you so much. I think everybody listening to that has probably got a really good understanding what they need to work on. But it does make me itch when some patients or some clients say, okay, but I just don't like the whole grains. I don't like any of those things. So why can't I just get the vitamins that I need from a supplement? What is it about the supplement that doesn't work? So with the supplement, when people want to say the vitamins and minerals, 
we know that the way vitamins and minerals present in a food form, we call it the food matrix, is different to how they present in a supplement form. So a supplement form will have vitamins, minerals, but they don't include things called phytochemicals that actually we can't really replicate in a supplement form. So you're not going to be getting the same range of beneficial effects that you will get from food. That's the first thing. The second thing that really helps with PCOS symptoms because of insulin resistance is fiber. Now you can take individual fiber supplements, but again, that's not just found in a general supplement. You'd have to take it as an add-on. If you can get it from food, try and get it from food. And I would really challenge people that say that don't like whole grains. I would challenge them on whether they, oh, how do I say this in a nice way? Whether they're really cooking them well, because if you start to employ cooking methods to make things tasty, a healthy diet doesn't mean a disgusting diet. It's that it can be tasty and it can be healthy at the same time. So if you're able to employ cooking methods that make foods a bit tastier and start to get used to that, I think most people will be able to incorporate them, actually start to like them. Mm -hmm. And you've already discussed some of the myths that people have and are kind of playing on. Yeah. What, what are the myths surrounding PCOS and PCOS um, dietary advice? So I would say one of the key ones is going gluten-free will fix all PCOS symptoms. I see a lot of clients that have tried going gluten-free in the past and most of them just end up miserable. So with going gluten-free, there is one condition that some women with PCOS may not be aware that they've got and that's called celiac disease. And that's whereby our immune system doesn't recognize a protein in wheat-based product called gluten and so it starts to attack our cells. And that's why people develop this intolerance to gluten and eventually it will damage your gut. So people with celiac disease do need to avoid gluten. Um, but there is a test for that and your GP, when, when my clients come to see me, I ask everyone to get tested just to rule that out because if you're not absorbing your food, for example, if you are causing damage to your gut because of your celiac disease and you're eating gluten, then yeah, that can lead to some PCOS symptoms. So some gut dysbiosis, for example. But if you don't have celiac disease and you're just cutting out gluten, it's actually more expensive. So you're wasting your money. We know that gluten-free foods are less nutritious. So they're not necessarily more healthy, the products, the confectionery products that we have out on the market. And you're actually missing out on some key vitamins and minerals that come from eating wheat products. It, I've never seen anyone that doesn't have celiac disease that goes gluten-free where actually they're able to go on it for a very long time and have an improvement in symptoms. You can get much better results in resolving your PCOS symptoms by actually starting to follow what I've discussed earlier on. Okay, so what are your three favorite foods yeah. that you'd recommend to someone who suffers with PCOS and you think they should incorporate them in their diet? So I think one of them would be cinnamon just because it's been shown to improve insulin resistance and that's been shown by studies and it's really easy to use so things like having it in the morning with your breakfast for example having it with smoothies if you want to do sprinkling over that having it as part of a snack sprinkling over a snack I'd say that's really important and one of the key ones the second one I would encourage everyone to have is pick 
a breakfast cereal that's whole grain. So I like oats because they're quite versatile. So you can actually make savory oats. I don't know if many people are aware of that. Or you can make sweet-based oats. And it's really, they're really easy to make. You can make overnight oats. So you can have them as a snack on the go. They're great for insulin resistance. They taste really nice and they're really versatile as well. So that's my second one. And then my third one is oily fish. And by oily fish, I mean fish like mackerel, salmon, trout, herring, pilchards, and sardines. And the reason behind that is because oily fish contain a special kind of fat called omega-3 fats, and they help to reduce inflammation in our body. And what studies have shown is that many women with PCOS have some degree of chronic inflammation going on. And again, that can lead to the symptoms that we see. So by having oily fish, incorporating it two to three times per week, that can help lower the chronic inflammation. Wow, okay. So lots, lots for people to take in. I want to ask a little bit about what particular symptoms, so actually, let me rephrase this. So people with PCOS have a number of different symptoms from hair growth to acne to irregular periods and potentially even infertility. You mentioned a few of them already. Mm -hmm. And there are people without a diagnosis of PCOS that may also have some of these symptoms. Can dietary changes help people without PCOS as well, but who have these symptoms? Definitely, definitely. And I, again, I see it in my clinic as well. So while I am specializing in PCOS, I see patients with other types of conditions. One of the key things that probably a lot of people will probably relate to are cravings. So women with PCOS get these kind of insatiable cravings and where you're just hungry all the time. Um, and people that don't have PCOS, the kind of food we have in our society is geared up for us to crave things all the time. It's just really carb heavy, really sugar heavy. And what happens is you get these sugar peaks that give us the energy and then you get the sugar dropping. And that's why you get these cravings. Diet can give you amazing results with cravings. Um, it's one of the first symptoms that get resolved. So when I see my clients for the first time, I ask them to rate their cravings on a scale from one to 10, and it's often 10. So 10, like their cravings are just completely off the charts, right? A month later on review, they're often on the three to two mark. So really, really big results by making small but sustainable changes consistently. Um, that's one of the things. The other thing I've seen as well that you can really get good results with is actually your, so women that suffer with excess hair on their body. I've had my clients tell me that their laser therapists have told them that the hair has become much finer and less, um, less coarse. And that's just by, again, dietary changes. So you can see really good results. That is, that is amazing. Yeah. Is there any tip that you would have for someone with PCOS trying to conceive that yeah. they should consider from a dietary perspective? From a dietary perspective, I would say make small changes that are sustainable for you. So where I see people go wrong when they're trying to conceive is, again, they buy all these supplements, they try these a ketogenic diet or... Um, a dairy-free diet in an attempt to kind of get things started straight away. Focus on the basics because the basics are key. The basics are the foundation. Without foundation, everything will fall apart. The basics sound simple, but they get you results. The basics are things like aiming for at least five portions of fruit and veg a day. And that's the minimum. 
um, switching for your whole grains, having more protein in your diet. So those are the three key that I think applies to everyone and should be a starting point. That is amazing. I feel like I've learned so much. I almost want to summarize what you've taught me so far. Um, I have learned that dietary changes can help a lot with PCOS, but also with symptoms that people get and they may not have a diagnosis of PCOS. I've learned some of the key foods and um, foodstuffs that people should include within their diet, but also that you can't get everything from a supplement. There is a food matrix and these phytochemicals that work beyond what a supplement can offer. And so you have to see a dietitian to give you the right advice about your food in general and not just about the supplements that you want. Um, but I feel like there's still so much more to learn. So what should people do if they're, they're wanting to know more about this? So if people are interested in learning more about PCOS, they can find me on my Instagram page, for example, um, where I give out free information regularly. I've got some freebies and an email list that I always send out regular emails to update clients or people that are on the email list about updates and the latest news in regards to PCOS. I would say also just be careful where you're getting your source of information from. There is a lot of misinformation. There are a lot of health gurus out there, um, other nutritionists as well that will put out all sorts of information and will essentially misinform um, people into making decisions and potentially could be hindering their progress. Um, and I understand that you also do consultations so people yes. can book in with you if yes. they want to change the diet, if they're really exactly. motivated and committed to making the difference for their health. Exactly. Right? So again, they can find me on the Instagram if anyone wants to reach out. I do offer online consultations worldwide yeah. where they can reach out and I'm more than happy to help them on their journey and reversing yeah. their symptoms. Amazing.